Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. In this episode, this is part two of my interview with Thunder. So if you have not listened to her first episode, pause this one and listen to part one. Thunder and I continue to talk about her camp experience while also addressing the importance of camp names, how to play camp, and talking about the possibility of coming back to camp again. So without further ado, let's hear it from Thunder. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. Yes, Thunder. thank you. We're so glad for part two to be able to dive in deeper about your camp experience. Absolutely. want to say for our listeners, if you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to part one before you listen to part two as that's going to set up so much about what we're going to talk about today. Part one was really about your experience as a camper and your experience going from camp to camp as a staffer, which is quite unique and quite diverse. So I love that you have had so much camp experience. Now, the thing that I have been the most curious about is the story behind your camp name. Can you tell us how you came across as Thunder to be your name? Yes. So it's actually quite a fun story and it's one that I hold very dear. Um, So my first summer at SAC, they have the tradition of camp names and you know, you have from the time you get there at staff training to the time that camp actually starts to figure one out. I just had the hardest time trying to figure out what my camp name was going to be. I bounced back and forth between so many things. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. So I went through like a whole long list of Star Wars names I could use. And, you know, I, I, my cat at the time was the love of my life. And so there was suggested that maybe I go by my cat's name, George, like so many things were thrown around. So it was insane. And like, I couldn't pick one, just nothing seemed right. Throughout staff training, slowly people are starting to gain their camp names and, you know, hey, this is my camp name. I'm going by this now. Yeah, that didn't happen for me. I think it was maybe like two or three days before camp was supposed to start and I still had no camp name and I was the only person left without a camp name. And to be honest, I was very stressed about it (laughs) because it was one of those things where it's like, I just, I have to figure this out. Everyone had their camp name. I was feeling a lot of pressure to figure something out. I remember it so clearly because it's like a core memory. It was imprinted. I was walking back. It was a night after staff training, a whole day of training. I was walking back from the shower house after getting ready to go to bed and I walked back to my cabin by myself and I'm just like, I got to figure out this camp name. Like I got to figure it out. As I'm walking back to my cabin along the tree line that surrounds camp off in the distance was heat lightning storm. And I remember just really enjoying it and savoring watching this lightning. Like I said, it was late in the evening, late summer evening. It was humid, kind of muggy and warm out. And it was turning the sky all cool shades of purple and blue and just kind of flashing very, very uh, routinely as I'm walking back to my cabin and I'm just like oh this is so nice and so relaxing like it was a little mental break for me to 
watch this heat lightning off the the tree line. And I'd always really loved storms and thunderstorms and just rainstorms. So I it was really relaxing to me. So I get back into my cabin, I hop into my bunk and I'm laying there and I get the tiniest view from the window in my cabin of this lightning storm that's happening outside. And I'm kind of dozing off and I'm just thinking, oh, this is so nice. I wish I could think of a camp name. The only thing that would make me feel better right now and like relieve my stress is if I could hear some thunder. And then I was like, oh my God, there it is. That's my camp name. I'll just be thunder. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I was literally like dozing off to sleep and I'm like, the only thing that would make me feel better right now is if I could hear some thunder. And then I couldn't sleep because I was so excited that I had finally figured out my camp name. So that's how my camp name came about. And now it's like, there's always thunder around. It's been really fun. It's There's a lot of fun things you can do with the camp name Thunder. I would run around and do stuff and then be like, you've been thunderstruck. And I don't know, it was, it was a really great camp name. I really love my camp name and I love how it ended up coming about. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great. Yeah, and it's also like a nature-y name too, which is kind of nice as well yeah. when you're camp environment it was nice too because sometimes I could use it in like a reverse psychology way if we had storms at camp and campers were afraid they'd be like I just I hate thunder I'm like you can't it's me I'm right here (laughs) so um yeah I just I had a lot of fun with the camp name it ended up being really great that's so good Oh, yeah. And of course, if your name is Thunder, then what do the campers think? That you control all the thunder. And so... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm in charge of all the weather. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. Did you use camp names at the Y camp that you worked at? So at Camp Foster, they didn't have the requirement that you came up with a camp name. I did go by Thunder there because they said they were like, it's completely optional. If you want to go by your first name, if you want to go by a camp name, a nickname. For me, there's a clear difference, at least in my mind, between a camp name and a nickname. Because some people used things that they called their camp names that were just like a shortened version of their last name or something. And I'm like, to me, that's more of a nickname. I feel like a camp name is something that it has no relation to your actual name. Kind of interesting because it'd be like... Oh, yeah, here are your two counselors, Amanda and Thunder. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so that was kind of fun. But yes, I did go by Thunder when I worked at the Y camp. And it was hilarious because half the time people didn't even know if they used my name, if they said Caitlin or anything. Nobody knew who it was because I had just always gone by Thunder, which happens at Girl Scout camp too. But it happens to everyone because everyone's going by their camp names, whereas at the Y camp, we were using normal names and camp names. So, and see, that's the most challenging is when you do a mixture of both because then you're trying to remember two names for one person yeah. or who goes by what and everything. And I can't remember if I told you this or not last time, but the facilities that I work for now interchangeably use both. Mm, okay. That and I'm not a fan of it. Like, I am Joe Bob. I yeah. have many things in my life that say Joe Bob. 
Yes. Like I have an official Girl Scout badge without a council on it. So I can go wherever I please. That yes. has my name, Joe Bob, on it that I wear. So that yes. people will know I will be referred to as Joe Bob. <laughs> like <laughs> Joe Bob. Yeah. And people still like call me by my first name. And I'm like, no, you, like, you don't like, understand. That? <laughs> like that is not who I am. Like yeah. when I am here, I am Joe Bob. Like, yes, I don't want any. And I guess like people have not ever like gone through like a situation either where like when you use a camp name, you are being like the safest for you and your campers. Like, because there are situations where campers may try and like contact you in not appropriate ways, like outside of camp. And when you do have that camp name, that does create a, a strong barrier, you know, just like in the education environment, when you refer to a teacher as Mrs. or Mr. or Ms. So-and-so that creates a barrier. When, when you're in the camp environment, you don't want the barrier to be so formal, You but you need a barrier. I'm glad you're talking about it because I completely agree. It's especially in today's world with social media, it's so easy for your campers to look up and find you. Like I had campers find me even though they didn't know my real name. And I'm like, hey, I really loved being your counselor, but that's not a relationship I'm willing to form. Like I wanted to keep that boundary of we are friends, but only when we're at camp. Once you're an adult, maybe we can reassess a little bit, but I don't know. For me, there was just a very strong boundary of like, okay, if you were my camper until you're an adult, I don't know that I am going to be communicating with you outside of camp because it's just, it's safer for me. It's safer for you. It's safer for everyone. I've had a lot of people on the show now that, you know, are proponents for it and there's some situations where it really isn't appropriate like I interviewed someone who works at a death and bereavement camp yeah. in that kind of environment not appropriate to have a camp name exactly. like I totally get it mm-hmm. but in, but when we're talking about like staff safety I really do see a big benefit to it on a much lighter note <laughs> what kept you coming back to camp summer after summer and kind of climbing the ladder to even becoming like an assistant director I'm sure this is like the most standard answer, but it's definitely just the overall camp environment. One of the biggest things that I loved about working at camp is that I really truly woke up every day not knowing what my day was going to look like. And, you know, we had that structure of like, we always have morning huddle or, you know, we have breakfast and we have lunch, and we have dinner. But in between those times, you truly have no idea what actually is going to happen and what's going to pop up, you know, and sometimes it's more fun, casual things, like just the things campers might say or do. Sometimes it's like you get severe weather or you have to like completely change, change plans because of what's happening around you environmentally. The sense of adventure in just everyday life, I think, was one of the biggest things that kept me wanting to come back to camp it is always a coin toss of like how the day is gonna go for sure it it really is I mean you just it could end up being a really stressful high pressure day it could end up being one of the best days of your life you really have no idea and I loved that I absolutely loved waking up in the morning and not knowing what my day was going to look like exactly I also wanted to ask too, did you know going into the summer of 2019 that that was going to be your last summer at camp? Yes and no. 
Coming off of my summer in 2018 at Foster, like I have kind of mentioned before, it was a really challenging summer for me and I was very apprehensive about doing another summer already at camp until the assistant director opportunity came along. And when I agreed to the assistant director position, I also made the promise to myself that in the summer of 2020, I was going to take a break. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to laugh on that now. I know, because whether I wanted to actually take a break or not, it would have happened. Yeah. Unknown to me at the time, of course, but I knew that my love for camp was not going to continue to grow if I went another summer after 2019. So when I took that position, I made a promise to myself that in 2020, I was going to take a break. And of course, you know, that break happened <laughs> whether I wanted it or not. I think at the time when I was thinking about that, I kind of thought I'll take a break in 2020 and 2021, I'll come back to it. Like, I, I don't think that I was thinking that 2019 would be my last summer. I think COVID really kind of halted my momentum a little bit for camp. I mean, obviously, it was a very traumatic event for the entire world. So, you know, I ended up finding a job and that's what's getting me through right now. But actually, it's kind of funny because I've been in a process of introspection in my life and like, what's the next step for me? What do I want to pursue? And in the week that I was kind of having this like aha moment of, hey, maybe I'm not on the path I need to be on. You emailed me and said, hey, I'd like to interview you. And I was like, whoa, kind of crazy. I don't know. It was it was maybe the universe being like, hey, there's other things out there for you. And it's been really nice to kind of jump back into the camp mindset and talk about all my camp experiences. And I've realized how much I've missed it and how much um, I've kind of lost touch with the young woman that I was when I was working at camp and how I'd maybe like to reconnect with her a little bit. It's going to be my next question is what are you considering like going back again for another summer? It's just the way that you talk about it is so, so genuine. And like, it's like, even though it's been since before COVID now, yeah. like you're, you're still so connected to that. And it seems like your journey's not over yet. Like, um, I, I so. agree with you. Had you asked me that question, even as little as like two weeks ago, I would have said, hell no, I'm never going back to camp. Um, but like I said, I, I've had some things happen in my personal life recently where I've just decided it's time for some introspection and time to think about the next steps for me. And like I said, you emailed me and I've dived headfirst back into my past experience with camp. And I don't know that I would do anything this coming summer, but definitely been like, I I think I would love to go back to camp. I think it would be a really good break and a really good switch up from what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And I honestly think that's kind of what I need personally at this point. So I think I'd really love to go back to camp. Like I said, maybe not this summer, but also if the opportunity arose and I said, I can't pass this up. You might find me at camp this summer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I were to go back to camp at this point, 
one, I would want a leadership position. And two, I think my knowledge and experience would better suit me for a leadership position uh, and a leadership role in a camp setting. Also, I, I think I could still be a counselor. It'd be a lot. <laughs> I'm a couple years older than I was when I originally was a counselor, but I mean, I could do it. I could figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you because I've done it all. I have been program director. I've been assistant camp director. I've been camp director. I call it go right? play camp because you just go back yeah. and you just go back to the basics and you go back yeah. to the drama that you thought was crazy and world ruling when you were 19 and you realize, oh my gosh, no, that is it so small matter. potatoes. Like yeah. <laughs> and when you're older than kind of everybody else there, you're not really involved in that drama, but you're exactly. also like not leadership. Mm -hmm. So people feel comfortable coming up to you and being like, asking you questions and yeah, totally agree with that one. I think I were to go back to a counselor role. I think I would be able to go in and take it a little less seriously, not, not less seriously in the sense that I'm not going to like slack off on the job, but less seriously in that, you know, this is camp. We're at camp at the end of the summer, all the stuff, it's going to be gone. It's going to be done live in the moment, enjoy it. I don't think I would invest as much in like the negativity and the high emotions that I maybe did when I first was a counselor, you know, because in the moment, it's like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. I don't know what I'm doing. If I were to come across some of those same things again, I'd be like, I got this. Like, this is fine. I'm looking to make some adventurous decisions in my life right now, looking to switch things up. And when you first emailed me, it took me a little while to respond to you. And that was why, because I was in a very high emotion time personally. And uh, I was also, it just, like I said, I think the universe is trying to talk to me <laughs> in little ways and just broaden my horizons. We maybe crossed paths for a whole week at most. And yet when you emailed me, you were like, hi, my name's Kelsey. I'm like, Joba? <laughs> like, I, so I, immediately, I immediately knew who you were I immediately like went back to that week at camp I one of my back in that day that was me playing camp after doing a leadership position too which was just yeah. like you know it was like I only have one week to like actually be like <laughs> to actually do camp the right way or like to actually do camp the right way and maybe enjoy it yeah. the way you wanted to exactly and not have to worry about you know 30 other staff members and <laughs> I'm very glad that we came in contact and I'm so glad that we're just able to reconnect it's, it's yeah so me too it's so cool like I said I still have that handwritten note and the friendship <laughs> rock from you I think you guys you and the your staff members that came to SAC, I think you guys did that for everyone that worked at SAC. If I remember correctly, you guys gave everyone a friendship rock and a note, and that was just so cool. It is still one of the camp artifacts that I have today, so absolutely love it. It's just so cool, and that's, those are the kinds of connections you make at camp. To say for a full circle moment there, finding friendship rocks, <laughs> which is a rock with a hole through it if people don't know what it is, is very common for our camp but if you work at a mm -hmm. camp that doesn't have a river or that is like Sacagawea where the river is really far away yeah <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> camp you don't really send kids down there that's not a tradition for every facility mm -hmm. but in 2021 did I don't know if you ever came in contact with Marvel with your time there 
Oh, I don't think we ever worked together. She probably worked there before your time. Okay. There. I think she was in 2013 and 2014 because she was there okay. the first summer that I went to SAC. Gotcha. And then we ended up being there together in 2021, both in our late 20s, mm-hmm. playing camp, as you will. We take our CITs to the river, literally like forge uh-huh. a path down to the river and find Friendship Rocks. And so it was a full circle moment for me, too, to just be like, okay, I'm bringing you this tradition and now I'm able to like teach you guys how to like do this and like be able to like pass this on to now the campers. I love that so much. Well, and that's what's so cool. I think that's what I've loved about my camp career thus far is that I have jumped between camps. And so I've picked up a lot of fun little traditions that each camp has had and carried it with me to the next. And that's like one of my favorite parts is because SAC is my home camp. Uh, It will always have a special place in my heart, but my camp persona and who I am at camp is very much a combination of all of the traditions and all of the things that I've learned throughout all of my camps, you know, at this point. And so, yeah, that's, that's just awesome that you were able to bring that tradition and carry it along. It's like the UPA going still at yeah, where it's like I started that because we were joking around and I needed a fun job title. And now they have unicorn horse programs because I was like, yeah, my name's Thunder. I'm the special agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm undercover barn staff. <laughs> yeah, undercover barn staff. Who were some people from camp that inspired you and how did they do that? So the first person that comes to mind is grandma. If you hear me refer to Elise or grandma, it's the same person. (laughs) She really, really inspired me. She was so spontaneous. Like her spontaneity is what I hope to achieve someday. When we worked at Foster, we had a day where we all were assigned a different counselor to dress up as. And she was assigned one of the male counselors. And so the night before she buzzed her hair and she dyed it, she <gasps> it blonde to look like this other counselor that she was supposed to dress up as. And like, she's always had short hair. So her buzzing it was not that drastic, but she like buzzed it down and bleached it blonde. It previously had black hair. She had dyed it black and then buzzed it and bleached it blonde. And I just remember being like, I love that. (laughs) She would just do that for fun. Also held a contest on her own where drew up a couple of designs. She drew up like probably like five or six designs of different firefly tattoos because that was the Camp Foster mascot. And the, the camper that won got to pick which one she actually tattooed on her body. I love that so much. I loved her spontaneity. And that was something that was really inspiring to me. She was always bouncing around between camps and just like doing things just for the sake of doing them. And like, I respect and admire that so much. It sounds like grandma is just grandma and unapologetically grandma. That's amazing. She is. She is something else in the most respectful way not a creature on this earth like her she is just truly one of a kind absolutely amazing does things just to do them and I I love it 
<laughs> I will definitely have to meet grandma someday. What is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? What important lessons in life haven't I learned from camp? I think <laughs> is <laughs> a better question. I think some of the biggest things that I've taken with me from camp and just lessons I've learned are like being adaptable and being flexible. It's a long way if you can let the little things that pop up or even the big things and just roll with them. You know, just if it pops up and you can just, are you you're just able to roll with it? Something that I learned at camp that I still carry with me to this day that has really been an important lesson for me is like, don't sweat the small stuff and just roll with it. You know, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> Things are going to be bad for a little bit, but they're probably going to get better. You know, everything will be okay in the end. Flexibility, adaptability, and just being able to roll with it and carry on. <laughs> person I remember quoting this and coining the phrase was Knuckles, who I know you've had on the show and interviewed before. She said it during one of our staff meetings, and it was, we are not an airport. We are a summer camp. If you see something, do something. And that has always just stuck with me. And like I said, more so in my work life than necessarily in my personal life. But like, if I see something at work that needs to be done, I don't leave it. I don't ask someone if I can do it. I just do it. Because it's like, if the trash needs to be taken out, I see it, I do it. And that has been something that I've carried with me too. Just that initiative and that like, if you see something that needs to be done, do it, you know? And so I, that's another little just tidbit lesson that I've kind of taken with me. That phrase for sure. See something, do something. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. I, and I know Knuckles will be so excited to, to hear you shouted her out and everything. Yeah. Cause like, isn't the saying at the airport, if you see something, say something like go yes. tell someone, but this is yeah. like, no, don't, don't say something. Just, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, you Nike. know, that's, that's why she made the clarification. Cause at the airport, you probably don't want to do something. Like the reason they say that is cause a bag has been left it unattended and it could mean it's a threat. Right. So if you see that you're supposed right. to go say something. And that's why the, fr the full phrase is we are not an airport. We are a summer camp. If you see something, do something. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like I said, that phrase doesn't necessarily apply to everything in life, but it has helped me quite a bit. Just like, and I've passed it along to people too. Like I have passed it along to my mom. She's a manager in a retail store. And she's like, people just don't take out the trash. Or like, they'll leave shirts on the floor. And I'm like, tell them see something, do something, you know, just take that small little initiative step to do something about it. I think that was why we were having that discussion is that it was like, hey, you know, we work at camp, a handful of people can't be doing all the household, you know, stuff around camp. If you see the trash needs to be emptied, empty the trash. Don't don't let it sit there for the next person to see it. Or like, you know, you took the last of the coffee, make a new make a new pot of coffee, like just little things like that. And it really did play a big role. It really does play a big role in communal living and in the camp setting, because 
it it takes a village at camp it takes a village something that I love doing nowadays being one of the older people at camp not trying to convince you of how you're going to be living your life over the next few months but one of the things (laughs) that I have loved doing is to kind of play mom you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like just to be be the one that is picking up after people and just showing them being like hey do you do you see what I'm doing? Like, this is what you yeah. also should be doing as well. Like, yeah. and make not making it like where I'm pointing them out or anything, but just doing it in a mom way of like yeah. teaching, this is kind of how you do it. Or it was a situation this last weekend where I was at a camp overnight and people were like trying to get the kids attention. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me, let me go full teacher on you here and teach you how it's done. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, things like that. It's kind of fun to step into that role and just, you know, yeah, teach, absolutely. You know, which is, is exactly I, what Knuckles did. And I love that. Like, yeah, it's such an important role too, because, you know, that's why I think I would enjoy a leadership position if I were to go back to camp. Cause you know, when I was a young, a youngin, an 18 year old working at camp, having little to no independence at that point, it does help to have that leadership role. And that person to be like, Hey, you know, you need to, help clean dishes or hey you see these these people struggling over here or these cute like their kids are running away I don't know go help them like that's such an important role to be able to provide to young adults who are stepping into their independence for the first time and yeah I think it's a role that I would also really enjoy a lot of the camp stories that I think are funny I think were just kind of funny to me there was one specifically with Trotter where I like was loopy at the end of the day and thought of calling pepper we were eating dinner and thought of calling pepper spicy sprinkles but before I could say spicy sprinkles I literally fell on the floor laughing so hard at my own thought and Trotter just got mad at me because she was like why are you laughing you're so dumb um (laughs) so, (laughs) so I'm like okay I gotta think of like a good funny camp story and The one that I ended up on is my broccoli pocket story. So this was at Camp Foster. It was the last week of the summer, which ended up ironically being the best week for me of the whole summer. And we were eating lunch and one of my campers, grandma was actually at a job interview. So I was in charge of my campers for the until like the evening by myself, which was fine. But I remember being a a tad stressed out about it because grandma wasn't there. And I was at lunch with my kids and one of them had gone to the salad bar and gotten a whole bowl of broccoli that she drenched in ranch. And she was back at the table and we we were having a great time just eating. All my campers were you know, all my campers got along that week, which was really nice. They were having a blast. But this camper who got the broccoli just kept shoving broccoli into her mouth. She would not stop. Like, I I had to tell her, I'm like, you got to stop. You got to chew it. Okay. And swallow it before you put a new piece in there. And (laughs) she obviously had gotten to the point where she was making the other campers laugh. And it was, it was funny to me too, but I'm also like, okay, you can't be putting more broccoli in your mouth and so I'm like stop don't put that piece of broccoli in your mouth and she looks at me her cheeks she looks like a chipmunk because her cheeks are full of broccoli unchewed broccoli and she slowly 
shoves another piece of broccoli into her mouth. And so I walk around the table to be like, you need to chew. I'm holding your hands down so that you can chew what's in your mouth before, because she's also laughing while she's got her mouth full of broccoli. Like you're gonna choke, something's gonna go wrong here. So I walk around the table to like hold her hands down so she won't put any more broccoli in her mouth. And before I can do that, she reaches, she takes a piece of broccoli from her bowl and puts it in my pocket. I was wearing, yeah. a, button, I was wearing a button up shirt that had a pocket on the front and she puts a piece of broccoli in my pocket. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she was like, I will swallow my broccoli if you keep that piece of broccoli in your pocket all day. <laughs> and I said, okay, if you'll, if you'll swallow what's in your mouth, I will keep this piece of broccoli in my pocket all day. And I think I maybe even posed to the rest of them, hey, we got to name this piece of broccoli now. Um... I don't recall if we ended up naming it. It might have been something I said. I don't recall for sure because I don't remember the name of the broccoli if we did. But anyway, I'm like, all right, I'll keep this piece of broccoli in my pocket. And so I had this piece of broccoli in my pocket. We finished lunch. I'm going about the rest of my day. And I just, because I have it in my pocket, I just start going up to people and being like, hey, hey, guess what? Guess what's in my pocket? And seeing what their reactions were. And I got reactions all the way from like horror. They were scared to see what was in my pocket. To thinking it was the funniest thing ever. And so yeah, I literally found every staff member I could that day. And was like, hey, guess what's in my pocket? I'd be like, what is that? And I'd pull out my little piece of broccoli. Yeah, that was probably my funniest camp story. And it, it ended up being a really impactful story for me too, a really impactful memory because later that night at all camp, I still had this piece of broccoli in my pocket and I had, you know, rounded back up with my campers. And one of the campers that I had that week, super, super sweet kid, super, super great, extremely shy. I mean, it was painful trying to get her to talk. And I had just, I had, given her that space I'd given her that support I just I didn't want to push it you know she was with camp, she was at camp with a friend and so I think that was her comfort zone but like I said I mean hardly talked at all I could barely even get her to tell me her name when she first showed up at camp so um anyway I, I met back up with my campers I have this piece of broccoli in my pocket and another staff member happened to walk over while I had this camper standing next to me and I did my little shtick that I'd been doing all day was like hey guess what's in my pocket and I showed him the broccoli and this camper thought it was the funniest thing in the entire world and I was like breakthrough so I drug her along with me through the rest of all camp going around to every single person that I hadn't already talked to that day to show them the broccoli in my pocket to get a reaction from her. And she did, she thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I'm like, who knew this piece of broccoli in my pocket was gonna be the thing that got you to open up to me? Cause then she did, she like, the rest of that night, she was like, yeah, I babysit and I have siblings and she's a dancer. And she just, you know, spilled her whole life story to me. And I'm like, it's the broccoli pocket, it's magic. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that reminds me of a Girl Scout song called the Brownie Smile Song. 
yes I've got broccoli in my pocket just switch up the words a little bit and it's perfect um, like I was singing that while you were telling the story yeah. in my head right when it, I mean it had gotten to the point like I said she just thought it was so funny it had gotten to the point where I snuck back around to counselors I'd already been to and I was like hey I can't explain. Just forget I ever told you about the piece of broccoli in my pocket. And they were like, okay. And then I'd bring my camper over and be like, hey, I'd do it again to them, even though they already knew about it, just to get her to laugh. And yeah, it was, that's like one of my fondest camp memories is just that piece of broccoli in my pocket. <laughs> I love that so much. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. That, I, yeah, I love that story. It's one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, my next statement is a fill in the blank. When I think about my camp experience, never did I think I would blank. Never did I think I would do it for four summers in a row, ever. When I got to camp, it all changed. But like that first week, all of staff training at Camp SAC, and then like that first week of campers, I really probably was having a mini existential crisis. I was like, what am I doing here? This is insane. And then I ended up doing it for four summers. And I still look back and, you know, I had a lot of challenges throughout that. There were a lot of times where I didn't, I wanted to quit or I didn't want to go back. I think it was a major achievement that I followed through on the four summers that I did. And I never thought that that was where my first summer working at camp was ever going to lead me. And it led me in the best possible direction. It really did. I cherish and love my camp experience so much. And it has been such a huge stepping stone for the person that I am today. Sometimes it still shocks me that I think back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I did that for four summers in a row. <laughs> what do you do out in the real world when you're not at camp? So right now I work in retail. I work in a local gift store here in Des Moines. It's not very exciting. I think I am really good at it. And it kind of gets me by for now. I will say, I think I have gained a lot of my people skills and a lot of my customer service skills from camp because I've had to deal with so many different kinds of people. I work in retail. Like I said, I'm in a deep state of introspection right now. And while I am good at retail and work there currently, it in no way defines what I'm about or who I am or what I'm going to do with my life. I think really right now it's just more of a placeholder than anything else. So, yeah, I totally get that. And yeah, honor that. I mean, use yeah. that for as long as you need. Absolutely. I, I'm a free spirit just trying to figure out the next step in my life and I ended up where I ended up and that's okay. You know, Absolutely. I think, I think we pressure so much. I feel at least, I don't know that we, I think society is more just the way society is. We pressure youth and young people to have it all figured out by the time they turn 18. Like you graduate high school. Okay. Where are you going to school? What do you want to do? What do you want to, you know? And I just, that was never me. I also was homeschooled, so life was my school, and I never had anything that stuck out to me that was like, what's the next step here? I think 
it's still hard for me. It's still something I struggle with today is like, don't beat yourself up for where you're at in life. Everyone's at a different point and that's okay. Your path in life is your path in life and it's meant for you to walk. And the, the pace you take it at and the way it goes, the curves you may go on, the directions you may take, that's up for you to decide. And as long as you are ultimately chasing your own happiness and your contentment in life, I think that's really what matters the most. If you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? I would bring the ability to break into song at any moment with everyone around me into everyday life. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) That's one of the things that I miss the most about camp. And the one thing that I think if I could make it socially acceptable overnight, I totally would, is that we just break into song whenever and sing together all the time. I love singing. I sing all the time in my car. I'm singing under my breath at work when I'm listening to music. I mean, I'm constantly singing. It's how I find enjoyment in music. And yeah, I would, I'd love to be able to enjoy it the same way in my real life that I enjoyed it at camp where it's like, oh, we're taking a hike. Okay, let's start singing a song. Somebody start something, somebody pick something out. Like, yeah, that, that's what I would bring into real life. Being able to sing whenever with everyone around me. <laughs> if you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I don't know that I would change anything. I kind of think that what happens happens for a reason, even if we don't understand it in the moment for the most part. And everything that happened led to where I am now. So I don't know that I would change anything. I mean, I think I would maybe change a little bit about my summer at Camp Foster because it was such a challenge. I wish I had maybe advocated for myself a little bit more. But in the moment, I thought that I was doing the best that I could for myself. But reflecting on it now, I definitely could have stood up for myself more and the challenges that I was facing at camp. But Again, I had to go through that to learn that lesson and look back on it now and say, yeah, that's what I could have done better. But I had to do it that way to be able to learn that. So it comes back around to, I don't know that I would change anything. That or, you know, I don't know that I would change anything about my past experience. But like I've kind of already talked about, I'd maybe want to give it another go at like a leadership position because that is the lesser of my experience in the camp world. So I would definitely not underestimate myself applying for camp positions now in like, oh, I'm not qualified for that. I'll just be a counselor. No, I am qualified. If anything, I'm overqualified at this point. Like I could, I could step into a lot of different camp roles and be just fine. And I think sometimes I have a little bit of imposter syndrome and a little bit of self-doubt about that like am I really like am I really capable of being a program director yes yes I am of course (laughs) that's maybe something I would chase going forward also with my past experience what is your favorite camp song 
So I have two. I like to classify two camp songs because I have like my fast, sing-along, fun, daytime camp song. And then I have my favorite campfire camp song. And funnily enough, (laughs) you know, my favorite camp song is I Hear Thunder. (gasps) Yay! (laughs) Which is my, I very rarely was allowed to sing it at camp, at least at Camp Sacagawea, because at Camp Sacagawea, there is a superstition that if you sing the song I Hear Thunder, it will rain the next day. And, you know, it happened enough times that they stopped letting me sing it at campfire because they're like, it's going to rain tomorrow, Thunder, if you sing that song. And I'm like, no, it's not. It'll be fine. Let me sing my song. I did get shot down a couple of times because they're like, we have trail rides tomorrow. We can't (laughs) rain. (laughs) Say, I Hear Thunder is my favorite camp song. And so fitting. I love that. Would you be willing to sing a little bit of it for us here on the podcast? Absolutely. It's a pretty easy song. Do you know it? I do. I hear thunder. I hear thunder. Looky under, looky under. Pitter patter raindrops, pitter patter raindrops. I'm wet through and so are you. What is your favorite camp meal? The best camp food I had in all the three camps that I worked at was always at SAC. Although the chicken Alfredo at Singing Hills was really good. I think this is more of a basic meal, but my favorite camp meal is coffee cake. (gasps) Oh my goodness. I loved it because the amount of kids that were like, I don't like coffee cake. I'm like, you know, it doesn't taste like coffee, right? It's literally cake. We get to eat cake for breakfast. For breakfast. Yes. Get excited. Get excited. Cake for breakfast at camp. It's perfect. It was always my favorite camp meal. It just always made me happy. It was not necessarily great cake because I think it's just like a box. It's just like a cake mix, but there's something nostalgic about it from like baking cake mixes growing up that I'm always just like, I love this. This is great. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I totally forgot about that too. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Cake, coffee cake is delicious. Oh, so, so good. good. Well, what is your favorite camp tradition? My favorite camp tradition actually comes from Camp Foster. At the end of meal times, once you were done cleaning up your table, the way that you would signal that is that you and your cabin would stand up on your chairs. And so you would finish cleaning up your your table and then you would stand up on your chairs and you would start singing and as time would slowly go on more people would have their tables cleaned up and stand up on their chairs and also start singing and it was always one of my most enjoyable moments at foster when we were like the end of a meal time when we're on our stools everyone's standing up on chairs and we're all singing And it didn't necessarily have to be camp songs either. And that's what made it really fun is that you would just start singing whatever song came to your head or you would, you know, huddle with your cabin and be like, okay, if we want to start this song, you know, you just, you would have to, you and your cabin collectively would just have to start singing it in the midst of another cabin singing whatever song they're singing. That's my favorite camp tradition because there is 
no greater feeling in this world than you and 200 other people standing on chairs and singing Bohemian Rhapsody or All Star by Smash Mouth at the top of your lungs in the dining hall. That was just one of my fondest camp memories and so much fun too because you would we'd be in the middle of singing either a camp song or a real life song and another cabin would start blaring their song so everyone would join them and then we just keep moving back and forth and it's echoing and everyone's singing and that that's one of my favorite camp traditions oh yes they love that well what is your favorite program area my favorite program area would have to be probably the ranch slash barn or wherever the horses are with a limit. I really, really love working with horses and I really, really love helping campers be comfortable around horses, but they burn me out really, really quickly. And they, they do tend to be a high anxiety area for me. So it is my favorite program area to an extent. But I would say my favorite like activity to teach is fire building. I know it's not really a program area, but that's like my all time hands down favorite thing to lead and teach at camp is fire building. Oh, I love fire building. I love making edible fires. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, I've never done that. How do you do that? Oh, well, so you order a lot of candy. Um, <laughs> so you, you order candy for the type of fire that you're going to build. So you typically get like Tootsie Rolls for the fuel and then you get pretzels for the kindling. <laughs> and, um, I don't know if we really use like maybe like haystacks or something for the tinder or something like okay. that, something really fine. And then like Twizzlers for the flame. And we would teach fire building skills like that. And we would teach them how to do an A-frame and a log cabin and a teepee. And oh my you, gosh, that's so you, much fun. I can't yeah, believe I've never it. done that. Yeah, that's we would do that a lot of, at my home camps, edible fires. And then when it was time to build a fire, we would do that. We did a lot of like outdoor awards as well, too, for like mm -hmm. those skills that aren't necessarily attached to a program area, but like you need to know. We would do the one match fire awards. So oh, we yes. got... So if you got a one match fire, you got like a bronze one match fire award. If you got two in one summer, it was a silver one match fire award. And then if you got three one match fires in a summer, you would get the gold one match fire. And so like I have my little plaques like still. If I had gone to your camp, I would have had those. And I wish I had those. <laughs> I've definitely done that. But definitely do not have the plaques to show for it, unfortunately. <laughs> it's definitely just a piece of random wood with a match glued on it and Sharpie written on it in the color of the award. So if it's the bronze award, it's a bronze Sharpie. Like, I mean, that's amazing. You know, it's real cheap, but man, oh. it's always. Mm. It's those, it's those little camp artifacts, as I like to call them, that you just keep that make you feel good. I love that. I was actually in charge of building the last campfire of the summer at Camp Foster, the very last one. And that is kind of a big deal because it's like a super long campfire because we do a lot of like end of the summer 
ceremonies and stuff. And so I built this probably like two and a half feet tall log cabin with like two rings of teepee around it. Like, cause I'm like, this is going to be a long campfire. We got to make sure this, this campfire stays lit because it had been an issue in the summer that campfires had not stayed lit during all of campfire. And so I built this huge campfire. One of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten in my life. The executive director of Camp Foster, Josh Carr at the time, ex-military, a man's man, like the fire building master. I ran into his wife, Tammy, the day after last final campfire. And I was like, hey, Tammy, uh, I think she said she actually greeted me. She was like, hey, uh, last campfire was so good last night. Really enjoyed it. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm like, did you like my campfire? And she goes, thunder what? She said, I thought Josh made that. And I'm like, what? Somebody mistook the fire I made for like fire building master Josh Carr. Like, obviously you don't have a whole lot of reference to who Josh Carr is, but that was like one of the biggest compliments in my life is that my fire was mistaken for a fire he built. (laughs) Oh, well, that is a compliment. Well, if you end up going to camp, you'll have to bring, you'll have to add that little tradition of one match fires. Absolutely. I love that. It promotes great fire building, you know? It really does because it really should only take you one match to light your fire, in my opinion. If you built it right, that's all you really need. And like, you can't like put gasoline or anything on it. Like it is a true, like it doesn't count unless it is all nature made stuff. I mean, you can use a fire starter. That's fine. But like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do make my own fire starters. That was something I learned at Singing Hills. They had like fire starters there. And now I use my old dryer lint and my old egg cartons and I make my own fire starters and I love them. They're amazing. <laughs> so I make my own fire starters, but they are waterproof. <gasps> Get what? ready for this. Teach me your ways. Straws. Okay. Hot balls. Vaseline. And a okay. lighter cut up the straw into like thirds because I only have a mine only like a couple inches long. Okay. Shove a cotton ball. Like, Oh yeah. You need toothpicks to shove a cotton. Like this is tedious work, but I, so I like made a batch in like 2016 and I'm still using them. Like, cause I made so many. So you shove a cotton ball on the inside that is coated with Vaseline. Okay. And then you burn the ends of your straw to seal them up. All right. Oh my gosh. And I, as I said, I literally had them since 2016. They still work amazingly. That is perfect. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, now that you tell me that, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Oh, I definitely like, you know, when like Instagram was like just starting and stuff like that, like before reels and everything that was like one of the things that like I found or something like, yeah, but no, it's, it's brilliant. Cause like, you, you can literally, like, shove them in your backpack or in your fanny pack. Yeah, they're literally they're so, two inches long. Like, yeah, they're so small. That's, and that's the problem with mine. Like I said, I use dryer lint, twine, egg cartons, and, like, paper shreds. Oh, and then I use, like, recycle. I burn a lot of candles. And so I use my old recycled candle wax. I'll melt it down and I'll make, I'll tuck in all my dryer lint and my paper shreds and my twine so that I have something to light. 
and I'll pour my wax over top of them. So I'll take like a couple, but yeah, they're pretty big and bulky and heavy. They work really well, but those waterproof straw ones sound like a must have for any camping adventure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I love them so much. My next question is who should I interview for the podcast next? So obviously grandma is my top person for you to interview. Honestly, me and her are good friends, but we've kind of lost touch. I, to my knowledge, she's not really in the camp world anymore, but she went to camp. It was, I want to say it was like between 15 and like 18 summers in a row as a camper slash counselor. Like she grew up in the camp world. She has gone to many different camps. She has worked at many different camps. Her camp career and everything that she's done while at camp is awe-inspiring. And I think she would be an incredible person to talk to and have on. So that's my first person. And then I have a good friend, Frog, from Camp Sack, who is just a great storyteller. I love listening to her stories and I love listening to her voice. And I think she'd be another fun person to interview from SAC. Although you've interviewed a lot of people from SAC. So I can understand (laughs) if you're like, we need to broaden our horizons a little bit. And then my last person is uh, my dear friend, Alex from Camp Foster, who I think would be a good person just because she maybe has a little bit more history at Camp Foster and is a little bit more connected to that circle still. And she might be a good person and maybe connect you with more people from foster if you're wanting to learn more about that camp specifically so thank you yes I would love that so much and I remember frog I think frog would be great like (laughs) yeah I have good memories of frog as well her she's just all around great human being and her storytelling skills are some of my favorite she's like one of my favorite storytellers that I've ever met in my life so yeah she'd be great yay thank you so much Well, if people have questions for you or they want to contact you, what's the best way that they can go about doing that? Best way to go about doing that would be to send me an email. I do have a Facebook profile. I have a profile on Instagram, but I am not an active participant of social media in much of any form. So it's not the way to get a hold of me. I don't think I've posted on any of any profiles that I have in years so yeah shoot me an email that's the best way to get a hold of me and to get me to respond awesome well i will include your email in the show notes so that listeners can click on it and email you if they do have questions absolutely all right camp kids that concludes our episodes with thunder make sure to contact them if you have any questions and to check out all the links in the show notes if you are enjoying the podcast don't forget to like share and subscribe let's keep our camp kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community please leave a rating or review preferably a five-star rating so that others can find our podcast next week We'll have another interview with a friend who has a lot of Girl Scout experience, but also a lot of experience with YMCA organization. That's all that I have for you for now. But remember, this is good night and not goodbye.